This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. This is an incredible time for incredible supporters of an incredible club in an incredible city. Jurgen Klopp speaking to the city of Liverpool and of course Liverpool supporters exclusively through the Echo. This is the Blood Red podcast as we get ready to discuss Klopp's heartfelt letter to supporters getting to grips with Liverpool being champions of England and of course look ahead to Thursday's game at the Etihad Stadium. I'm Guy Clark alongside me Joe Rimmer, Theo Squires and Matt Addison. Gentlemen, how are we all? And uh, I suppose it's been a case of this weekend of getting used to supporting the champions of England. It certainly has. It's been a long weekend. Uh, fair few fair few beers have been sunk. Quite a lot of work's been got through. And yeah, it's been, been great all round. And Matt, yourself? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, obviously, you know, working on it was uh, an absolute privilege and, and to see it happen, myself and, and Theo were actually live, weren't we, on the, the Blood Red channel at the moment that it happened. So yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it's it's been incredible. It's uh, It's been a tiring weekend, but an absolutely thoroughly enjoyable one. Uh, it's been a relief. I've been waiting three months to, for it to officially happen. There's always that slight doubt that the season could be cancelled or whatever, or something else would spring up. So it's just a relief, like we've seen all the hard work everyone at our place has put in, how Liverpool put all the hard work over the season. So to see it all come together over a brilliant weekend, it's just been great to see. Yeah, it certainly has. And of course, I suppose, Joe, as well, all topped off on, on Sunday evening with that 1,600 letter, word worded letter, sorry, from Jurgen Klopp talking about just the the achievement for Liverpool, the city itself. Of course, he got onto the celebrations of which we'll touch on shortly. But I suppose that must have been as proud a thing that you've published on the Echo website, is it? Yeah, the 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 single best thing I think I've ever published on the website. Um, I've been here six years now, and and that I just thought superb. But I mean, it's hard to put into words how special a manager and Klopp is. And when you read that letter, if you haven't read that letter, if anyone's listening, go away and read it. It's just every word is just wonderful. He's he's such a charismatic guy. Um, I saw someone tweet this morning saying he's he's so good. He's wasted in football, but you know I, I get I get the what they where they're coming from. But I think as a football manager and the, the chance for him to reach so many people, um, he's such a special man and, and, and to such a special letter. So um, yeah, it was a bit. You know, I read it yesterday when when it got sent through to me, and I was a little bit almost choked up reading it. it was, I thought it was just incredible, incredible. Uh, I can't thank those at the club who helped us, um, who helped us get it and, and put it together with Jürgen enough. Um, I think it's superb. I think there's some really important messages in there, which I'm sure we'll touch on shortly, um, that people should read and people should listen to. And, um, you know, he always finds the right words. Um, so, you know, just can't praise Jürgen Klopp enough. He's just special manager, the most special manager I've ever seen in my lifetime. And um, I'm pretty sure, you know, he might be the most special manager I will ever see in my lifetime. And I suppose on that point of him being such a, a special manager, we're all of a, a generation who just hear the tales of Bill Shankly having been passed down. And Jurgen Klopp was asked about it, Matt, at the, the press conference the day after being confirmed as champions of his standing alongside the likes of Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley as legendary figures as Liverpool managers. But I suppose he, he's sort of taken that on with this letter, speaking directly to the supporters. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, as you say, he spoke about, you know, potential statues and things like that. And I mean, if it carries on the way it's going, you wouldn't be at all surprised that, that once he leaves the club, something like that did happen. Because I think just reading the, the letter and the sort of the, the powerful way that he has with words, as you, as you read the letter, you can sort of hear in your head him saying it. It's absolutely sort of typical of, of Jurgen Klopp and, and the way that he manages. And for all the, the excellent sort of football side of things, I think it is that human side of it. It's the fact that he just gets what Liverpool is about, not just the football club, but as the city as well. And I think one of the lines that he says in it is just, you know, if you're reading this, you obviously care about, you know, the the city and, and that sort of thing. And it's, it's quite obvious as you read down that he cares about that too. And I think, you know, there's there's been obvious examples of, of managers over the years who maybe haven't quite got that the same way that he does. But yeah, as Joe says, I mean, you just you can't fault the letter, you can't fault the manager, the person that he is, and you know you'd be surprised if if Liverpool ever got somebody who was just such a perfect fit for for Liverpool and and for all Liverpool fans ever again. Because you know the, there's just whatever way you look at it, whatever angle you you come at it, he's just absolutely perfect. And to top that off, of course, he is an exceptional football manager as well, and and tactically and that sort of thing, he, he doesn't really get it wrong. So. Yeah, he, he can do no wrong. And, and as I say, if, if a statue of Jurgen Klopp was to be erected in the future, you would not be at all surprised. Yeah, humility, I think, is the, the main thing that really came over from it for me early on in the letter, how he talks about how, oh, you see me in press conferences, perhaps more than a normal guy. And that is the thing. He always tries to make it personable and that you just remember Jurgen Klopp, of course, is a human himself. David Lassov's got in uh, touch with us, Theo. So it's such a class act, Jurgen, is that letter was humble and unifying for the great city of Liverpool, for Toffees and Reds alike, and then signs off, get in, of course. But it is all of that, isn't it? It is that real human and personal touch that Jurgen Klopp comes across in that letter with. Yeah, as Max just said, Jurgen Klopp just gets it. I think um, we've all seen clips of Shankly in his heyday, just comes out with so many good sound bites. And at the time, I'm sure fans have been thinking they were truly privileged and it was special to watch Bill Shankly's Liverpool and to listen to Bill Shankly. And you think, you know, these managers come around, what, once in a lifetime? And now 50 years on, it's almost like a second coming of Shankly. Like one of his quotes that springs to mind is, uh, Liverpool was made for me and I was made for Liverpool. Well, you could say that's perfect for Jurgen Klopp as well because he just does get it. And it's not just about Liverpool. Like It would have been very easy to write the letter just to Liverpool fans, but obviously it's to the city of Liverpool. He cares so much. And it, I can see where Joe's coming from with that the comment about he's almost wasting the football. Because you think every press conference or every social issue that's coming about, journalists ask him about that. He could easily be a politician. You see football figures do go into politics when they retire sometimes. And you wouldn't have any issue with him being a politician because he is so passionate about whatever he speaks about. And you just can't help agreeing with pretty much everything he says. He's such an important figure to the city. And it's great to see that he's going to be here for, what, another four years. You think, well, this is the impact he's had so far. What state is the city going to be in with him as a figurehead four or five years from now? And I suppose on that as well, Roy Hodgson was speaking, of course, a universally popular man with Liverpool supporters, Joe Rimmer. But he's been speaking ahead of Palace's next game in his press conference and obviously Liverpool's last game before being champions was the 4-0 win over Crystal Palace and and basically said all credit to Jürgen it looks as though he has got things set now for another dynasty at Liverpool yeah I hope so I mean you know this isn't I mean there's a lot of talk of of succession plans and and new transfers but I don't think this is an old team by any means you know 
players are in their primes. There's still two or three years of them at the highest level. You know, I don't think anyone in the, you know who's a who's a starter. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it is over the age of thirty? So, you know, likes of Trent Robertson, people like that, Joe Gomez. They've got absolutely years. So, this could be a dynasty. And I think with Klopp at the helm, then, then it's it's almost guaranteed. You know, success is. You say, you think about since he stepped in the club and. There's been some league seasons that perhaps, perhaps haven't been as good as he he wanted them to to go, but there's been no real blips. You know, he's the finals he's reached. He reached the UEFA Cup final, the Carabao Cup final. He's reached the two Champions League finals. Finished second in the league with a with a record points total. Has now won the league and won the European Cup. You know, he's pretty much every season been on, if not having achieved something special, been on the verge of something special. So, you know, I don't know any manager. In my lifetime, he's had the golden touch at Liverpool like him. He just, every single season, Liverpool are challenging for honours, whether that be in the cup competitions or in, in, in the league. So, you know, I think this Liverpool team could go on and gather trophies at such a frightening rate that, you know, it would be glorious for everyone involved. So I, I hope that's the case. And I hope long, long Jürgen Klopp stays at this club a long time, four years, five years. I hope he extends his contract another ten. You know, it, it, it's it's just brilliant to be brilliant to watch. I'm, I'm sort of going on and on here, but you know, it, it really is. I've waited thirty years to watch Liverpool win a title. I was eighteen months old last time they they won one, and you know, you listen to your dad tell you all this and that the other, and it's a cliche almost, but it really is. You know, there was times when I thought they're not going to do it. When are they going to win this title? They're just not going to do it. And there was times when they went so close that you thought there's always going to be someone better or better resources but he's done it and um, he's done it in the most remarkable style yeah, it certainly is a generational thing. We best get into then Jurgen Klopp's message to the supporters and a number of them in there. But Matt, his whole success at Liverpool really sort of seems to be due to the tying of the supporters. He writes in the letter, I love your passion, your songs, your refusal to accept defeat, your commitment, your understanding of the game and your faith in what we're doing. It is a real team effort. It's easy to sort of in times of glory, really wrap these things up and make them seem also romantic. But Jurgen Klopp has continually, through his time at Liverpool, always emphasised the importance of the supporters. Yeah, 100%. If you, you look at his time, he's always emphasised that throughout You know, all of the, the matches that he's played. You think of you know, the, the time when he said he felt lonely at Anfield because you know, people were leaving early and things like that. They're all you know, part of, of this process of, of getting Liverpool to the point where they're at now. So... Yeah, I think obviously supporters are hugely important to every football club. And I think the time that we're in at the moment, obviously with coronavirus stopping people from from going to matches and attending in person, I think that just underlines that even more. But, you know, the, the way that he puts across that message of of how influential the fans have been and that sort of thing, it's it's not just obviously what, what fans want to hear, but he genuinely, genuinely believes that. He thinks that, that they are important and, and absolutely, of course, they have been on, on so many different occasions. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact that there's no fans in the stadium at the moment, I think, makes the message even more important. But, you know, even even without that being the case, th- there's no doubt about it that, that Liverpool fans have, have played their part. And, you know, for, for him... For, for his coaching staff and that sort of thing. You you do look for, for marginal gains and, and things like that just because, you know, they don't maybe have the resources of, of even a Chelsea or, or certainly not a Manchester City. So, 
if you can sort of get a marginal gain in, in whatever form, whether that be something else or, or whether that is the fans and the support that they bring, I think you know it, it'll, it does all tie into that that one big project. And you know, right from the start, that was something that he pinpointed as almost being unique, really, with Liverpool. And, and certainly, the the team that he came from, Borussia Dortmund, was exactly the same. And you know, we've seen so many pictures and sort of images and videos of of him at Borussia Dortmund. He did exactly the same thing. So. I suppose he almost had a, a perfect dress rehearsal for that, and then he's come across to Liverpool, and you know, to, to be able to recreate that at two different clubs and to have the success that he's had, I think again, it, it just goes back to how much of a, a fantastic manager he is. Yeah, and a, a manager's ability to communicate with their their public, the supporters, Theo, is one of the the big issues in modern day football as well. That ability to keep fans on side even when things aren't going right, but even just understand the language I suppose they speak in, which he says in obviously I love your understanding of the game. It's sort of creating that bond with the supporters. But of course he says that what I didn't love, and I have to say this, was the scenes that took place at the Pierhead on Friday. I'm a human being and your passion is also my passion. But right now the most important thing is that we do not have these kind of public gatherings. There was those scenes on Friday. Of course, Thursday, the eruption of emotion of Liverpool becoming champions for the first time in 30 years. But Jurgen Klopp with this letter addressing that what took place on, on Friday was unsavoury and wasn't obviously what Liverpool wanted to to be happening and taking place yeah definitely Um, it needed that statement to come out and it's come out from the person who's probably got the most sway with supporters at the bottom they're going to listen to most and it's just another reason why you love Jurgen Klopp because he's taken that responsibility to send that message to supporters he's never been afraid of telling the fans when he's not impressed with them so it's quite a small thing in comparison, but early on in his reign when he didn't like them leaving games early, obviously we all remember the West Brom game at the end when he's celebrating with them at the end because they've stayed until the game and they've got the, the draw. And this is another moment like that when it's like, come on, have a moment to think here, be sensible. The reason you're not at the games able to celebrate this pro- properly is for the health of everyone in the city, for everyone in the country. It Don't jeopardise it by getting a bit carried away here. Liverpool will have time to celebrate with the fans. There is going to be an open top bus parade at some point. Liverpool will get their hands on the trophy. And it's not as though this team is going anywhere. Even if you can't enjoy this success in the moment as you'd like, there is no reason why Liverpool won't be winning Premier League's European Cups in the years to come when normality is resumed and then you can enjoy it properly. Yeah, and Joe, on... On Jurgen Klopp and celebrating, we've seen out of Madrid, we've seen now since the Premier League title has been confirmed, Jurgen does love a party, does love a dance as well. And I suppose that's one of the things that really sort of bonds him with the, the Liverpool supporters, that you feel like you know him and you see him dancing and it, it brings a smile to your face. And he says in his letter that when the time's right, we will paint the city red. And when that happens, that is going to be one party that Jurgen certainly is right at the forefront of. Yeah, I mean, you think of any other manager um, in in world football who's more rather have a pint with than, than Jurgen Klopp. I just don't think there is anyone. He's just he's just that sort of guy, isn't he? He's he's, he's got so much charisma that you know he just he's the life and soul of the party, and that, that's what makes him so so wonderful at what he does. I must say, I think the things what happened on Friday. I, I think there's a there's a couple of things I'd I'd, I'd want to say about it. First of all, the, the people who, who did violent things, destructive things and, and, and really terrible things on Friday night. I don't think that they represent Liverpool as a fan base and I think there's been th- some things said about and it gets very tribal and, and you can understand that but I think there's been some, some things said about Liverpool fans 
But to me, look, everyone in the city and the surrounding areas will tell you that they support one of the two clubs, whether they watch one game, two games, every game that season. They might follow them closely, they might not. But these aren't the people that, that understand the club. They don't, they don't believe in the club values. These are just people who turn up whatever the excuse. And they might call themselves Liverpool fans, but to me, these people aren't representative of what Liverpool fans are like. Liverpool fans know better than anyone, you know, to behave themselves. So I, I just, I don't, I don't take that. On the other hand, I do think that for the people turning up, um, you know, even on Thursday at Anfield and on Saturday, I think Liverpool as a fan base has to own that. I think too many people turned out, um, you know, we promised we wouldn't and, and people turned up at Anfield and people turned up in large groups at the pierhead and they shouldn't have done that. You know, unfortunately, it is rubbish. But we said we'd stay at home. We should stay at home. You know, sit in the backyard, social distance with a friend if you want and enjoy it. But turning up at the pierhead and turning up at Anfield in the first place, regardless of everything else that went on, which was terrible, turning up was wrong. So I'm, I'm glad Klopp has come out and said that. And I do hope, I do dearly hope that people listen to him. And, you know, when they left the trophy against Chelsea later later this month, I hope people listen and I hope people enjoy it with their families in a responsible way at home. And, you know, it might be a bit of a killjoy thing to say, but there's bigger things going on. And I think, you know, fans should, should fans need to listen. They need to understand. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I suppose, Matt, you, you go along with that in terms of the social distancing guidelines and everything are in place. And as much as Joe's already said on this podcast, he's waited 30 years for this moment to happen. And yet it's just about that, that self-discipline and control, which unfortunately, obviously, some were unable to show. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? After 30 years, what's a, another few weeks or, or months or whatever it might be? I don't know. Nobody knows at this stage when the, the parade and the, the proper celebrations will take place. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. I mean, there was, you know, there was obviously not the best scenes at, at Pierhead. It's uh, not too far away from where I live. And, you know, there was, you know, a, a few people down there who, who were social distancing and, and were not sort of behaving in the manner that that some other people were so it, it wasn't everyone who was down there of course but you know we, we do have to condemn those scenes as as we as Jurgen Klopp said it, it's not the right time to be doing something like that and yeah it's it's unfortunate really but yeah as Joe says you, you can't sort of tar everyone with the the same brush but at the same time I think Liverpool do have to just accept that that this has happened now whatever sort of comments you know come their way or whatever it, it's just something to to deal with and yeah, hopefully in future Liverpool will be able to to celebrate this properly because you know it, it's not fair to those who who did follow the rules and, and do the right thing you know on, on Thursday night when you know they sort of had to miss out if you like in a, in a way so yeah fingers crossed nothing more can can go wrong between now and, and the end of the season in that sort of way and yeah let's just you know stay at home and, and watch Jordan Henderson lift the trophy and, and celebrate what has been an incredible season because that's what we should be talking about that's what we want to be talking about is is purely about the football and, and how brilliant Liverpool have been the blood red podcast from the Liverpool echo we start the new week then with Liverpool as the champions of England and back in training and ready to go again Theo and there could be really no bigger match for Liverpool to begin I suppose their their reign as champions of England as going to the outgoing champions Manchester City at the Etihad Stadium 
Yeah, it's a chance to really send out a statement to the whole Premier League, really, because it would be easy to enjoy your moment. You've won the league to sit off a bit and just stroll now for the next few weeks, enjoy your summer and then go again. But Liverpool won't approach it like that. They'll want to go out there and keep on winning. They've all The players have already said they've got their eyes now on beating Manchester City's point record. They've only lost once all season. They've only drawn two games. They're not going to want to let those standards slip just because the title's won, because the trophy's in the trophy room. And when you go into the home of Manchester City, they know they've underperformed this year. They know things haven't gone their way, but they'll be hurting and they'll want to come back stronger next season. And if you can put another blow on them in this game on Thursday, then that's another mental blow for them, that Liverpool aren't going to be a one-season wonder. They are in it for the long haul. And granted, Jurgen Klopp might rotate things over the next few weeks. He might want to throw in a, a Minamino or go to the kids like Harvey Elliott, Nico Williams, Curtis Jones. But then it's about the depth that Liverpool have got, the strength they've got in those reserve ranks to see just how good this squad is. Because all those players know they are part of something special. How many players can say that they've won the Champions League and Premier League back-to-back? I think they're saying that it's the first team ever to win the FIFA Club World Cup, European Super Cup, the Champions League and the Premier League at the same time, hold all those titles. So it's a chance to go and send that statement to Manchester City to keep on building on the success that they've done for the past two seasons and just go straight into the new season, granted a few months early. Yeah, and people who would who would say that the league title being won in June and Liverpool still holding the, the Champions League title, forget the point that Liverpool probably would have won this title in March, if not right at the, the start of April, had that not been the case, obviously, with the layoff we've had. But, Joe, there's a chance then to move 26 points clear of Manchester City. The players have been back in training. Roberto Firmino sporting a new haircut and Jordan Shakiri was back out on the grass. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, you know, I think... The clock's ticking on Jadon Shakiri's Liverpool career, but you know, I think I look back on his time at Liverpool very fondly. I hope that he can come back and and play some games, make an impact, and and just be a part of this season because he hasn't really been a big part of it at all, has he? You know, he's he's got himself a good derby goal, which is a nice memory for him. But I'd like to see him play a bit more of a part. So good to see him back. Um, yeah, it's going to be a strange one Thursday because you it could go one or two ways because you, you can even see. I always remember Chelsea coming to Anfield after they beaten Liverpool in the final of the FA Cup and getting absolutely hammered. And it, it kind of felt like Chelsea had just turned up and gone, well, we we won the war. You can have the, this little battle. Um, so I, I don't think Klopp would allow his team to, to turn up to City on Thursday night and and go easy. I don't think he'll allow them to take their, their eyes off the prize sort of thing. I think he will allow, he will want them to, to, to prove another point and to, you know, celebrate this title with a win over City, as Theo said, strike another blow against them and perhaps put another seeded out in their mind because, let's face it, the last part of the season now, I'm sure City will be looking to make a statement show that they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with next season and perhaps take some momentum into that little mini Champions League tournament. Liverpool have got a chance here to show, no, no, you're not going to do that. We're going to be the, the big force in English football for years to come. So I think there's quite a lot riding on Thursday in a strange way. It, some people might say it's a dead rubber, but I think there's a hell of a lot of pride at stake. So I really want Liverpool to go there and if they can get a win, make a statement. You know, they've been close last year. I was at 12 millimetres, stopped them, um, you know, stopped them perhaps winning the title and certainly getting a draw out of that game. So, you know, they've done well at City before. I think they can go there and make a statement. Yeah, certainly chance to, to do a double over them. Matt, we're just speaking there as well about Jordan Shakiri, who's been used sparingly through the course of the season. It feels like he's missed out on the season, yet 
he has played six Premier League games. He does qualify for a medal. And Ian Doyle's written a piece of the, the 21 players so far on the Liverpool Echo website, if you, if you want to find it. The 21 players so far who do qualify for a medal. Takumi Minamino amongst them with his latest cameo against Crystal Palace. But a number of the youngsters, Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott, both played two games. Nico Williams came on for his debut against Palace they know then that they've either got to play three or four games in order to get a medal. And I'm sure that the local lads will really, really want to be involved in these final seven games in order to get one of those medals. Yeah, definitely. I think it's it's five, isn't it, to guarantee. I think Liverpool will get 40 in total. So even if there's only 21 that, that guarantee themselves with the, the five appearances, there might be one or two spare medals, which they might want to get their hands off. But, you know, of course, you, you'd much rather do it by by guaranteeing it and making sure that you've actually played the minutes to say that you really 100% deserve that. And I think, you know, we are going to see certainly Nico Williams uh, and probably Curtis Jones and, and probably Harvey Elliott will make a couple more appearances too between now and the end of the season. So, yeah, I think it's a, a big period for all of them. You know, we've spoken about how, you know, the the break and then the, the sort of return could be big for people like Nabi Keita and, and Takumi Minamino, but it's probably similarly as, as big in terms of going into next season for someone like Williams, because certainly, you know, you look at the options at, at right back, Nathaniel Klein is going to move on and um, there is going to be a space there for him to fill and, and we fully expect that he will do that. I think for someone like Curtis Jones, it's, you know, it, it's still a big task. I think there's a lot of midfielders who he would have to get past. That's not to say that he can't do it because he's, he's hugely talented, but certainly Nico Williams, you'd imagine, will be sort of the most likely to go on and, and maybe play 10 or 15 times next season in the league. So, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a big period. I wouldn't necessarily expect any of the, the young players to play against Manchester City. I think... You know, obviously, as as Joe and Theo have explained, it, it sort of almost builds the the narrative really Thursday's game heading into next season because you know if, if Liverpool can win it, it sort of puts to bed the idea that that City were, you know, obviously City were second best, but the the, the sort of gap was was more than what it, it deserved to be and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I think Thursday is a big game, but the final what will it be? The final six matches of the season, I'd expect to see at least one of of Jones, Elliot you know, Hoover, players like that, you'd you'd expect to see at least one or two of them in each of those matches. And judging by the, the quality that they have and certainly judging by the appearance that, that Nico Williams made coming off the bench, there's no reason to think that they can't come on and, and impress and maybe just plant that seed ahead of next season because, you know, we've seen people like Trent emerge onto the scene out of nowhere in the past. Certainly, you know, these players have, have got enough ability that they could do something similar. Yeah, Adam Lallana, Theo, is a player who hasn't featured in either of the, the matchday squads since Project Restart got underway. Of course, he is going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season after six years of service. He will get a medal, but I suppose his contribution to this season really underlines that Liverpool, whilst the narrative has been that City have suffered injuries in defence and haven't been able to cope, Liverpool have likewise with uh, Lovren and Gomez or Matip coming in and partnering Van Dijk through the, the course of the season. And in midfield, when Fabinho was injured, Lalana very much stepped up into that sixth role or whether it be into one of those deeper midfield roles that prior to this season, no one had seen him in. And I suppose that just speaks for the professionalism that he's played with under Jurgen Klopp at Anfield. Yeah, I think that's probably why he was given this short-term extension because looking at it, I can't really see him getting many minutes now between now and the end of the season. And yes, Jurgen Klopp wants to grant him a farewell appearance. 
But when you think of a farewell appearance, it's normally so the fans can get a chance to say goodbye to you. And obviously, he's not going to get that with it being behind closed doors. Um, so when it's about getting game time, would you rather give Adam Lallana a token 10, 15 minute spell? Or would you rather play Curtis Jones, give him that opportunity? He's been a great servant for Liverpool over the years. And it's just a shame for him that he's had so many injuries in the last couple of seasons. But it's important to remember his contribution for setting them on their way. Uh, in, what was it, 2016-17, he scored so many important goals, obviously scored against Middlesbrough on the last day of the season to book Champions League football. And Liverpool have sort of grown without him. If Liverpool weren't as good as they are, he'd have probably had more game time. You can say the same for Jürgen Shaqiri, that they'd be fan favourites, but Liverpool are so good now that they can't have these inconsistent players who don't quite perform to that level week in, week out. But Lallana is a player who's never complained about his role in the squad, uh, whether he's on the bench or when he was playing as this uh, leader of the press as he was originally under Klopp, when he's had to be the number six in this deep role. He's just a footballer who loves playing football. And I think fans will be happy to see him move on and hopefully find a club where he can be playing week in, week out and be this star performer for them. Um, it is a shame that he's not going to be able to go out with a farewell appearance, go out with a bang like Manchester City are doing for David Silva, for example. But he's played his part and it's fitting that he has been able to stay around to be part of these celebrations, even if it's not the celebrations that have been envisioned three months ago before all this happened. Yeah, certainly is the case and a player who will be leaving with uh, plenty of love from Liverpool supporters, that is no doubt. Well, we best then, as we... um, wrap up here on the Blood Red podcast and look ahead to the City game go through our our team selection for the game at the Etihad guys Joe I'll I'll start with you in terms of your broad thinking for the squad Jurgen Klopp's going to go strong here isn't he Liverpool want this double over City yeah it's it's, it's a bit boring this but I think it's just almost the case of same again isn't it the the team got the job done so so well and so impressively against, against Palace and it was pretty much on paper, the strongest team you're going to put out for Liverpool. You know, I do think that there are players like Cater who always remain this this sort of like enigma that you you think, oh, could he give them a little bit more of an edge in midfield? But I think travelling to City, that midfield three of, of Fabinho, um, Jordan Henderson, and, and Gini Wijnaldum, it, it's got to be that midfield. You know, they give you they give you everything. They give you strength. They give you leadership, and um, you know that they can create as well. So that the other parts of the team practically pick themselves don't they the front three and the, and the back four so you know um yeah i think that i think it's, it, it is just a case of same again and they've had a nice break as well between the two games yeah it does feel that way obviously an eight day break so are we all then we're all going with allison in goal i take it there's no objection to that is there matt no definitely not no i i completely agree with joe i think it's uh it is more important than some people might think and i suppose cater is probably the only sort of question mark do you bring him back in but it would be it would be very, very harsh, I think, on, on one album. So, yeah, I'd be certainly expecting Alisson in goal and, and probably the rest of the team very similar too. Yeah, that back four then, Theo, Trent, Van Dyke, Gomez and Andy Robertson. It does seem to be the one since even the beginning of last season has become the real first choice. John Matip, of course, has that ability to, to play into the midfield, but up against City, Liverpool are going to want to lock it down as, as much as they, they can defensively. Well, I think Joel Matip's still out. I don't think he's returned to training yet. So the alternatives are Dejan Lovren. He obviously has played a lot against Manchester City in the past. He normally starts against them for injury or whatever reasons. But this Liverpool back four have made the, the spaces in the squad their own. 
the only reason Joe Gomez hasn't cemented it even more than he already has is because he's had untimely injuries. And we all heard from Virgil van Dijk in the past how much he loves playing alongside Joe Gomez. Um, the Premier League title might be won, but the Golden Glove Award isn't yet. So they'll be wanting to get as many clean sheets as possible between now and the rest of the season. Uh, at the other end of the pitch, it's going to be exactly the same for Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane going for the Golden Boot. So there's no reason to change there. Um, the only difference I'd say maybe in midfield is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, just because he's been so good when he's had the opportunity against Manchester City in the past. But it's a big challenge for what we deem to be Liverpool's strongest midfield trio, just because I think it was um, Atletico, wasn't it? That was like the first game they'd been played as a trio, despite it's on paper Liverpool's strongest eleven, and they didn't perform. They've only really been lined up together two or three times. And Manchester City, it's a very different proposition to Crystal Palace at home. So you want to see what's your strongest midfield on paper going out and doing it against one of the strongest teams on the country. Just to say, yep, yeah, this is a dominant team. This is our strongest 11. Let's see what they can do. It's They can do it against any sort of opposition. But at the same time, Jurgen Klopp's got his squad depth, so he doesn't have to stick with the same 11 week in, week out. And I'm sure we'll see that between now and the rest of the season. But Liverpool's strengths is in defence. There's no reason to change that back before, back five unless you want to give other players uh, opportunities to rest the legs if they're tired. But when you've had eight days off and a couple of them were celebrating, it should be fine to be same again. Yeah, and I suppose on the, the defensive point of view, Joe, rather than Liverpool's selection, there's going to be no Sergio Aguero, who, as we know, does often like to, to turn up against Liverpool, certainly at the Etihad. Yeah, he torments Liverpool. He, you know, he scores... I think some of the forgotten goals, the, the 4-1, when Liverpool won 4-1, he scored a superb goal in that. And then, of course, there's that one from the tight angle against Rainer. So, um, delighted. You know, I, I hope it's not a, a bad injury and I hope he's back. I love him as a player. I think I think he's brilliant. I think as a pro, he's, he's great. and He's the sort of guy that represents your club so well. But I am delighted he's missing this game. He's um, he's just a menace when he plays against Liverpool. But, you know, what, what, what Theo's just mentioned about the Golden Glove, it's... I think does Allison lead the way now in the the race for the yeah, goal? Yeah, I think he's what one or two ahead. Yeah, twelve. Like yeah, twelve it's, clean um, sheets from twenty two games. Yeah, it, that's not isn't it? Considering the amount of games he's missed, it's phenomenal and it speaks volumes about as much as I think Adrian has done an admirable job since he's come in. It speaks volumes about just how good Allison is with that back four. He just he he puts Liverpool up another level. So um, you know, yeah, it'd be, be great to see him win that golden glove and it would sort of underline his status for me as the best in world football. Matt, on the, the midfield three then, do you think it will be that de facto first choice of Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum or do you think there's any chance that Cater or even, as Theo mentioned, Ox might might get a run out? It, 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 it is a difficult one. It's obviously a place where Jurgen Klopp's got a lot of options. I might be tempted by by Naby Keita, um, but I think you know I think Gino and Alden would be probably the the slightly safer option. I think that's the one that that Jurgen Klopp will go with. I think Naby Keita maybe could come off the bench and, and do something potentially later in the game. But yeah, when you look at how well those three played against Crystal Palace, the fact that there's been eight days between them, there's there's no real danger of of sort of burning out or anything like that because they've had these three months off so yeah I'd be surprised if it was anything other than those three and I suppose that the time to to experiment with with different players whether that's Cater whether that's Minamino Chamberlain whoever the time for that is probably not Manchester City away it's probably the other games 
Yeah, certainly, especially in that midfield where Liverpool are going to be wanting to to get the ball back as much as possible from City's slick passes. But into the the forward three, come back to you on on this, Joe. And it was a statistic that absolutely uh, blew my mind on the derby when it was put on the TV by Sky Sports that Mohamed Salah has only scored two away goals in the Premier League this season. It it seems absolutely mind-boggling, yet there's no chance he's not going to be playing at City, is there? That's the first time I'm hearing that. Is that true? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that flash up on the screen. Um, yeah, very strange. Um, but but he's had one hell of a season, hasn't he? And I think it, it kind of gets forgotten. You know, Salah just tots up the goals like they go out of fashion. And, and yeah, he's, he's had one great season. He will definitely start. Thought he was good against Palace again. Um yeah, there's no, there's no argument he'll start. And, and those sorts of statistics sometimes can just be little anomalies. You know, he's, he's missed games through injury and whatnot. Obviously, he didn't play at Goodison, did he? So, um, you, you you know, you, he's always your first goal scorer. Bet, you know, if, you, if you're a better man, isn't he? So, for me, yeah, he's got to start against City. Yeah, 17 Premier League goals for him this season. 15 at Anfield, just two away from home. But Theo, I suppose, the only other player who's sort of been up for debate since Project Restart kicked off is Roberto Firmino and Takumi Minamino but I suppose as Matt suggested before Man City away probably isn't the time for experimenting No and as you've just mentioned that um, Salah stat isn't it Firmino's the opposite isn't he he's not scored a Premier League goal at Anfield so um, Liverpool do get the win it's not as though they've lost games and dropped lots of points it's just maybe uh, defences are focusing on different players depending on whether they're home or away suits different style different tactics Firmino's got some big goals in big away games this season. The one that springs to mind for me is probably Tottenham away. That was a big win at an important time of the season for Liverpool. But we've seen when Liverpool's front three is on form, pieced together, it is special to watch. And it was the, what was it, the fourth goal against Crystal Palace when they all just clicked together so beautifully to score a great team goal. You can't compete with that. Um, You might have your players you're trying to mould into being these alternatives like Minamino, and there will be chances for him between now and the rest of the season because he needs to get that more game time. But he is more assigning for next season. It's all about this front three now when you're making these games against Manchester City. And they've all had fun at the Etihad before against Manchester City before, haven't they? Um, just the Champions League game a couple of years ago in the quarterfinal. Was that Salah and Firmino scoring there? They've all had fun against them at Anfield. Um, we've seen Pep Guardiola, wasn't it, on the Man City document on Amazon, uh, how much he fears this front three. You might as well give them a few nightmares again, even though the Premier League title's already won. Unleash them and see what they can do when you can tell they've been missing not playing football. that they could, The fact they could just be unleashed against Crystal Palace, looking forward to playing together again. Uh, now they're going to want to do it against that next Liverpool uh, opposition and just finish the season strongly before going again and hopefully adding more silverware next season. Yeah, certainly. Let's, let's whip round then for our, our match predictions. I'll kick things off and I reckon it's going to be 2-1 to Liverpool on Thursday at the Etihad. Matt, what are you, what are you saying? I'm going to go for one each, actually. I think uh, a draw isn't a bad result for Liverpool. I think probably for Manchester City as well, they'll be quite relieved not to get beat. So I think it, it could be a, an entertaining game, but I think maybe by the end, both teams will, will be fairly content with a point. So yeah, I'm going to go for 1-1. For Theo? I'm going to go 1-0 Liverpool, just because I think Man City are lacking something without a striker at the moment. Granted, they've got Gabriel Jesus, but it's not quite the same for them as Sergio Aguero. Um, we know Raheem Sterling's woes against Liverpool in the past. Uh, Mares looks on form, granted, and De Bruyne's just sensational, even though he's 
looking a bit tired at times. But I think Liverpool will be full of confidence. The defence just looks impressive and solid as ever. And I think they'll want to get that clean sheet. Uh, it's the sort of game where if he was fit, you'd say James Milner a penalty against his former club. And that would decide it. So maybe it'll have to be a Mohamed Salah penalty or something like that instead. And Joe? Yeah, I've gone back and forth about this game. But I'm now starting to go with you, Guy. and just got a sneaky feeling that Liverpool are going to turn up and just show you just why they're champions on, on Thursday night and put in a sort of like dominant display, a 2-1 win. Yeah, well, we hope that is the case. Of course, there'll be plenty coming up across the Liverpool Echo and here on the Blood Red channel ahead of that game on Thursday. Analyzing Anfield will be with you tomorrow and then after the game, of course, with the live blog on the Echo website, we'll have the post-game podcast. Hope you can join us then. But from myself, Guy Clark, Matt Addison, Theo Squires and Joe Rimmer, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.